You want to present yourself as a victim because it's a good legal strategy? Fine. But you and I both know you chose this life. You wanted it until you didn't. Welcome to the junk drawer. Oh, you just move your finger. Your head, you must feel pretty good about that. And they're like devising a plan. <laughs> his whole body's limp. Yeah. And they like gotta pick his head up. By the great Dr. Seuss. Not a real doctor. Not an actual doctor. Pediatrician. Right. No. Not also not. I mean, he's a practicing medical physician. <laughs> no. Oh. He first of all thinks that the hot blonde chick in the scene was. <laughs> Give her a ten yeah. for looks. Yeah. <laughs> They're doing um, a threesome. Nope, that's not right. No, him and his wife, I think are. They're calling it John Quick. And he's gonna finish first. So. <laughs> anyway. It's finally time to open the junk drawer. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Although, if boys and girls are listening today, please don't, because it's a heavy movie. It's a heavy one. It's heavy. Yeah. Welcome to the junk drawer. Second episode of the new year. Technically, the first episode about a movie from the new year, because last one we did the junkies, best of 2019. Well, it's from 2019. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Which we will touch base on. I so welcome. Um, if you couldn't tell from that cold open, which you probably couldn't, we are covering uh, Oscar contender, this year's Oscars, Marriage Story. By the time this comes out, people will know whether or not it was nominated for Best Picture. And if it won. Oh no, if it won. You're right. <laughs> Stars Adam Driver and uh, Scarlett Johansson with a great supporting cast, Laura Dern, Ray Liotta. I don't think you Alan said the Alda. name of the movie yet. Yes, I did. Marriage Story. Okay. Um, it directed by Noah Baumbach. Baumbach. And uh, I'm your host for today's episode, Mario Rico. I'm joined by my co-hosts. Introduce yourselves now. <laughs> I am Bryce Howell. I'm Cole Brown. Thank you guys for joining me today. You're welcome. We have a choice. We did. Um, so I chose Marriage Story, and I wanted to tell everyone why I chose it. That's Please do. Very heavy movie. Um, not a fun watch based on the content, but I actually found it enjoyable. And I will tell you why. It is the best acted movie I think I've ever seen. In a long time. It's, it's up there. Um, and I chose it because I feel that it should win Best Picture of the Oscars. And I wanted to get it out there before the Oscars happened. So we can just discuss the upcoming awards season. So, as we always do, we're going to give our, our rating. And then we're going to compare it to the Metacritic score. Uh, Bryce, why don't you tell me what Metacritic is? So Metacritic is the rating service that probably most closely mirrors how we evaluate movies goes from a scale of 0 to 100 50 being obviously a perfect perfectly average movie 51 and up is a good movie 49 and below would be a bad movie and 100 would be a perfect movie now correct me if i'm wrong daredevil starring ben affleck did that get 100 uh i do not think that oh, it did okay okay i'll okay. have to double check though to be sure okay yes so marriage story cole <clears throat> what did you think oh so you uh, I'll start, I guess. Just um, faking them out. They thought it was going to be Bryce. Right, Bryce was just introducing <laughs> I'm taking that from the rating scale. Yes. Um, well, this is cool because this is a question that came very early on in our podcast history where Mario asked, will you ever be able to say that a movie was good that you did not enjoy? Yes. And I think Marriage Story is that movie for me. Okay. I think critically, it's incredibly well done, well acted, well directed. Everything about it is really, really well done. And so I can't give it a low score, but I would not ever watch this again for Fair. myself. Like okay. I, would, I wouldn't choose to spend my time watching this. Again, very good. So if I'm going to give it a critical evaluation, I'd probably give it somewhere in the range of like an 84. Um, 
But again, if I was giving like Cole's rating system, you know, he, he doesn't want to go watch this. So <laughs> he put it pretty low on the list. Okay. Fair enough. Bryce. Yeah. Um, I mean, this movie is emotionally like devastating. It's taxing for sure. It is incredibly well acted, incredibly well written, incredibly well directed. All of those accolades that it will probably receive, it deserves. But much like Cole said, I think sometimes we talk about maybe we overeat movies because they're so much fun to watch. I think in my mind, when I give my rating, it slightly undervalues it just because like as I'm watching it, like my stomach hurts, my chest hurts, I'm clenching my fist. It's so uncomfortable to watch. And I think that is, of course, purposeful. Um, you didn't eat Taco Bell before you watched it. I did you? not, know. I didn't that, eat those anything. symptoms sound like yeah. Taco Bell. <laughs> it was like, it hurt. Like yeah. physically my chest hurt watching this movie. Yeah. And I wasn't having a heart attack as far as I know. Mm. <laughs> um, so I give it an 89 out of 100. Okay. I think it probably deserves more than that. But I again, like the feeling that I felt watching it like was physically painful. Yeah. Um, I'm a little different than you guys. Um, I chose it because I absolutely loved it. I love when a movie has that kind of like makes you feel a certain way after you've watched it. Um, like I was so invested in the characters that I, I mean I cried a few times and I was on the edge of my seat even though it wasn't a thriller. But, but you're it, still on the edge of your yeah, seat. Yeah, and uh, there's just so many red flags throughout the movie which we'll get into specifically with Adam Driver's character where he's just naive as to the situation happening around him and you want to just get you know you want to shake his shoulders and say get your life together. Um, now the movie is about the dissolution of a marriage and the custody battle of a son. And so going into the movie, I'm like, oh, it's probably going to be depressing. And it was, um, but I found it really refreshing in the sense that it was a different movie. It did not end like you, most movies do in this genre. And it, it certainly did not start. Um, so I'm going to give my rating and I want to discuss it with you guys and you guys can help me out. Um, I give it a hundred percent. Wow. A perfect movie. A perfect movie for what it is. It's a drama. I can't find a flaw in it and mm. I enjoy, I've watched it twice now. I'm going to watch it a third time because I really, really like it. The acting is so powerful and I love watching stuff like that. Not necessarily the content, but when an actor is so believable where you think it's just someone filming a regular person living their life, it's like the greatest acting Ever. And so the Metacritic score is a 93. So Bryce is closest to the pin. But I want to say, like, mm. I, I tried really hard. I accidentally saw the Metacritic score before my rating, but it didn't affect mine because I, I can't find seven points that I would take away. Okay. So, Bryce, why did you, where does it lose 11 points? So I do have one small critique. Like I mentioned, a, a lot of my negative was that it is so, like, it's not rewatchable at all and very challenging and painful, I think, to watch. I did have a very small criticism of it that I think affects the story a little bit. And that is that I think Scarlett Johansson's character is portrayed slightly too villainous, if that makes sense. Um, because if it's about this marriage falling apart, which is what it is, all of Scarlett Johansson, Nicole is the character's name, all of Nicole's transgressions occur on camera whereas all of adam driver or charlie's transgressions occur off camera and so as you're watching it it doesn't feel 
even 50-50. Now, I don't know if the intent is for it to feel even 50-50, but when you're watching it, like you say, Adam Driver or Charlie is blindsided by everything that happens because he assumes they're going to just mediate this divorce. They keep saying they're going to leave the lawyers out of it. And then Natalie, I'm oh, sorry, Nicole decides to go get a lawyer and, and make it this whole legal battle, which becomes the whole drama of the movie. Um, and so as you're watching it, especially for the first half of the movie, Nicole is more or less the villain. And it seems a little bit unfair because we do find out that Charlie has had some infidelity. Now, whether or not that occurred after their marriage started to fall apart is one matter. That's what he says. That's yeah, what he says. Off screen. Um, but it's off screen. And so everything we see from Charlie on screen makes him super likable. And a lot of what we see from Nicole on screen makes her very unlikable. Yeah. And so I think taking a side is not ideal with what the movie is trying to communicate, yeah. if that makes sense. No, it does. And I want to touch on that. I've seen it a couple times. And like I said, um, upon the second viewing, I realized, like you said, the first half of the movie does focus more on Scarlett Johansson. And I, I think the reason why Adam Driver is getting slightly more praise is because they give him a little more screen time. Definitely. Um, and they want to shift it from his perspective. Um, I will disagree. It's, you said all his trans transgressions occur off screen. I think they do a pretty good job of showing his transgressions on the screen and how his life essentially starts to unravel. Um, but I will say, yes, they painted her in a, as a villain, and I think that was a strategy that they had to do because it is a legal battle. They like as a viewer, you want to have a protagonist. It's just a natural form of storytelling. But what they did so effective when they, when they threw in the fact that Charlie was, you know, he had this infidelity, it made you at least me. At least me, I'm like, oh well. Now I start to see what she was talking about. He's very selfish. He wasn't invested in her career at all. And then, sure, they could have been separated. They were living together still. And he goes and rather than try to patch things up, as far as we can tell, he goes and sleeps with this woman. So. I don't know, I thought they found a, a really good balance, and I think it was a really conscious choice for them to slightly put Adam Driver in the protagonist seat because they need that quote-unquote vehicle to move the story along so that you're connected to one of the characters. Right. Yeah. Oh, the, um, I, I see it too. I think at the end of the movie, I, I like felt like, not poor Charlie, but in some ways, yes, poor Charlie. Like It seemed like he was the one that was attempting to either make it work or do it in a more amicable in place. And as I think Bryce's point held true, like with me watching. And again, it wasn't at the end that I was upset at Nicole. There's one part that I think she overstepped some boundaries that I was like, man, that was, that really makes me not like your character now. Which part was that? Uh, at the very end, like probably the last 10 minutes of the movie, um, she's at a party and her lawyer's there. And she's like, oh, by the way, I, I snuck it in at the last minute. The breakdown is actually maybe 55, 45% breakdown between the two of you, not necessarily 50 50. So you'll have custody, one more day yeah. for yeah. custody. And she's like, oh, that's not what I wanted. She's like, you won. Just just enjoy it. Yeah. And like, if it's not what you wanted, I would hope that she would have gone to rectify that in yep. some way. And in the end, you get a little moment where it's like, hey, today was your day. And she still gives him mm -hmm. her son, their son. Right. And so there is a little bit of like, maybe she's going to make it up and it's not so, Yeah. I don't know, exact. Mm -hmm. Um. But yeah, I think it's true. I think that one of the few times you really do see Charlie's transgressions on screen that, that feels bad for him, in my opinion, is when he comes in to uh, see her one time in California, he's coming to pick up uh, their son, and he's like, oh, like, 
your your hair's lighter. Did you dye it? He's like, she's like, yeah, it was dyed earlier today. He's like, well, I didn't make a comment before. He's like, and is it shorter? And she goes, yeah, I cut it. And he goes, yeah, I prefer it longer. Yeah. Uh, and then she like gets sent off the edge by yeah, that, she was that for a good reason. What did she say? That's odd. Or I just find it. She was like, that's uh, like completely. Yeah. You know, out of out but of that's, place. That, that's kind of what I'm saying. Is like that's such a small thing compared to how aggressive. Natalie seems. Is it Natalie? Nicole. Yeah, Nicole. Nicole. I'm sorry. Yeah. Keep going, Natalie. Um, and again, she keeps saying like he's so selfish, but you don't see that a ton. So if I can jump in, here's where you don't see it, but here's where I felt it really, like really strongly. When she meets with Laura Dern for the first time, the attorney, when she goes to pretty much lay out the facts of the potential case, yeah. she tells a story and to me it was really powerful. She says, I brought home this pilot. And everything's always been about the theater company, theater company, any money we put into the theater company. She goes, I brought this pilot home and it's mine. And what did he do? He made fun of it. And he laughed in my face about it. And I remember thinking, wow, that's a horrible spouse. Like you should be uplifting and encouraging. Like I can see where she's coming from. So when just that story alone, the second time I watched it, I started to think using that information, like, wow, he really is selfish. Like, he was so blind to the fact that she was truly unhappy because they had this great life in his eyes that he didn't take the time to, you know, spend any any amount of time thinking, what does my wife, wait, what does my wife want to be happy, you know? Like, right. would you ever tell one of your guys' wives, if they brought home something they were really excited about, would you ever go, huh, that's stupid, or... And the back half, like, okay, yeah, try it. We'll take the money and we'll put it back into what I do. No, of course, of course not. But <laughs> oh, of course. again, you don't I would. see Charlie have that conversation with her. You hear her say that he did that. Yeah, I, which, I, I can see. Her. Again, there's a lot of dishonesty from both of them in portraying the other person as a bad parent, yeah. bad spouse. So you don't know that it's a hundred percent true what she's saying there. That's true, but I mean, you have little moments to show, like when he gives her the critique. And she starts to cry right after that. I don't know. To me, it was like, oh, those little moments are enough to show how much his little comments like that. But he really wasn't going to give the down. critiques. He's like, I'm not going to say them. Yeah. It doesn't matter. And she's like, no, go fair, ahead. Fair. And I didn't think she was crying because the critiques hurt her feelings. I think she was crying because it was the end of that stage in their life where right. he yeah. gave her very critical reviews. That's that's fair. My, my bigger issue, not maybe bigger, but just where I feel like my 16 points comes from is... She's a character, like her motivation is essentially that he's always decided all these things for us and I've kind of been like along for the ride. He doesn't really take my thoughts into consideration. And so not that she has to be like making every decision for herself from then, that point on for it to feel real, but a lot of like the major moments in the movie I felt like come from somebody else kind of deciding it for her still. So like she goes and sees the lawyer because her sister says, this great lawyer. Oh, that or the woman that she works with. No, the with. production oh, sorry, person. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the production person says, you need to go see this lawyer. She's incredible. So in that way, it's kind of like she didn't decide to go do the lawyer. Then the lawyer kind of takes it to, here's what we really need to be trying to take from him. Yeah, you're right. And she's like, ah, we were just going to do this with no lawyers. She's like, well, now we are. Yeah. Right. Um, and so it's weird to see her say that that was the issue, but then still kind of fall victim to yeah. not making decisions for herself. And that's, that's a really great point. And I think it's very strategic of the writers to do that because it makes you see, especially in the mediation, when they go to Laura Dern's office, um, they kind of look at each other when things are unfolding, like, what are we getting ourselves into? And so the writers kind of do that to make you see, like, maybe she wasn't 
Correct. Maybe she was overreact. Maybe they had a good life. Like maybe well, she just. That's what Charlie says. He says you wanted this life until you yeah, didn't. So open. if you want to say you're the yeah. victim, go ahead. Yeah. But like we were happy until you decided you weren't yeah. happy anymore. And I again, I found it great to for the the director to give us a character to kind of root for. I just I think it made it a little easier to watch in that mo- in this kind of movie. Um, and I start to root for Charlie. You know, cheating aside, that was that's horrible. But when like. He gets all excited for Halloween, brings the costume, and she's yeah. like, "No, we're going to the, we're going to hang out with our cousins." We're going she's to really rude to him yeah, about she goes, it. Maybe the hotel has something, and she slams the door. Yeah. Um. So, but at the same time, she's trying to say, "Look, you're not being realistic. We're getting a divorce." Yeah. So, all right. So, are we sure about our scores? I don't yeah. think I'd falter at all. Yeah, I mean, I think for the reasons we just said that I, I stick to my score. I continue my streak of closest to the pins okay. as well. Okay. How dare you? Cole, you 84 solid on that? Yeah. I mean, again, I think there's just a few different things that I got. Maybe it's great. I I just would nitpick in some ways, I guess. If you go up five points, I'll give it to you. Closest to win. (laughs) No, thank you. I don't want to win. Um, So this next one is best scene. Which scene would you show? And, you know, we don't have to say I don't want to convince anyone to watch this because it's not good. So if you had to convince someone to watch it and they're interested in watching it, which scene are you guys showing that really encapsulates the movie. I think we'll probably all say the same scene, just like the one scene that encapsulates how this movie is a masterclass of acting, writing, directing, is the argument, which could be considered the climax, about 75% of the way through the movie in the apartment, just between Scarlett Johansson, Adam Driver. It's incredible. Oh like, God, it's so hard to the, watch. The writing is so good, it's so difficult to watch. Their acting is incredible, especially Adam Driver as he, he balances his character who's pretty placid most of the time, but he just becomes emotional in this conversation. Um, and then the direction, something I mentioned that is really cool about this movie is as the movie progresses, scenes where it's just Nicole and Charlie, they're on opposite sides of the shot always and it's pulled back so the distance between them seems huge. And a lot of times there's a vertical visual line in the movie, whether it's a a window or a room break or whatever, to show that division. And it's just that whole scene, I don't know how long it is, probably 10 minutes long, 15 minutes long, is incredible. And that's when you're like, this this is the movie right here. This is the best part of the movie. Um, It carries all the emotion. The tension build is palpable. It's unbelievable. Yeah, and and at the end of the scene when uh, Charlie just says, like, I wish you were dead... And then, like, realize what he said, and just it's so like re- relatable, I guess, when he says that and immediately regrets it, and just goes down and like doesn't find a seat, just sits on the floor and starts crying, and grabs her, and grabs her. Is it, well, she comes up to him, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and she goes, "Are you okay?" It's it's crazy because it's like the strongest form of love that these people are now trying to hate each other. They can't believe that they're at this state. In their marriage, but at the same time, they still love each other. Like it's, it's great. It's a great scene. That's also my scene. Um, Cole, if, it, if is that yours as well? That is the best scene. Yeah, I it, agree for all the same reasons. Yeah, it's just uh, it's funny because it. And there are other great scenes, but yeah. Upon the first watch, I honestly thought it was going to go in a direction because she goes in, it's positive, and they're like, "Oh my god, it got out of hand." They had just come from court. Charlie has gotten a new, a new lawyer who's also like an alpha. Uh, he said he needed to get his own asshole, played by Ray Liotta. Phenomenal. Yeah. And essentially, these lawyers dig up these personal dirt on each other. 
just like, oh, she's an alcoholic. Uh, you know, she did a movie where she showed her breasts. Right. Uh, he slept with another woman. She hacked his emails. He doesn't care about the, you know, it, it's horrible. So they come over to like kind of be like, oh, my God, like that got out of hand. And it's sad because, Cole, you mentioned she is someone like it seems like everything had to be done for her. She starts to use the rhetoric that her attorney has given her about him. Yeah. And so he starts to do the same thing. And it's like, man, maybe if they didn't get the lawyers involved, they wouldn't have had such a bad dissolution. And they could have been amicable about it. But instead, now they're like trying to convince themselves that they hate each other because they both want custody. And they have to be, one of them has to be a villain. Well, and because, I mean, lawyers, Mario, take a big L in this movie because that seems to be like a big thing is like, both of them are like, we can do this amicably. I, Charlie says at the beginning of the movie, she can have whatever she wants. Like, we don't have a lot. She <laughs> can have as much as she wants. And he, he's even willing to do that when, when Laura Dern calls him on the phone. And he's like, literally, take anything. And then she says, we'll take full custody too. And that's obviously the breaking point. The one thing that he can't concede. Yeah, it's it's an ego issue with lawyers. Um, it's funny. They, the legal stuff in this movie is very accurate. And I studied family law in, in law school and the first thing they tell you is what's the best interest of the child. The court's going to do what comes down to the best interest of the child. And the one thing we learned is that it's impossible to move a child. You have to get both parents on board. But if they're set in a school and their home's there, that's going to be their home. So when they moved uh, Henry as the son, who also great actor from this For kid, a kid, kid's yeah. home. Yeah. When they moved him to California, and this is because I have a little bit of the knowledge, I'm like, oh, my God this is bad. Like he's going to have, there's going to be a huge custody battle because he thinks they're a New York family. And that hearing that they go to before the judge is essentially a jurisdictional hearing. They're trying to convince the courts in California to move the case to New York because then Charlie can get it the way he wants. Um, So that's all that was. So yeah, it's a, it's horrible. That first meeting he has with Ray Liotta where he's like, we need to you need to get take your son, get back to New York, or file in New York. Otherwise, you may never see him again. Yep. So, yeah, I think that's we're all in agreement. I figured. Yeah, I think. I mean, this is not like a. This is just it'll exist in this category because it doesn't exist anywhere else. I think the movie does a really good job of, like you said at the beginning, Mario, feeling believable. Um, and I see that especially showing up in the, like with him hiring that lawyer. Uh, you know, the initial. Alan Alda, the old guy? No, no, no. Well, even before that, when he first meets with Ray Liotta, and Ray Liotta explains all of the costs of retainer and... Crazy, yeah. Crazy numbers, right? And for me, like, you really feel even just the weight of them paying to go through trial. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you see him cutting a check later in the movie. And, yeah. Oof. And she, they mentioned she, her mom has to like mortgage the house to be able to pay for her lawyers. And, I knew when he wrote that $25,000 check, he was hiring Ray Liotta. Yeah. Because that was his retainer. Yeah, it was, uh, I think though, I think the name on the check was for the other guy. No. Am I wrong? Because I think he was closing out the services because he had, he had a bill breakdown from the hourly billing that the guy did and most of them It might have been that one. I think like he literally writes a new check for like the new amount and then the next scene you get introduced to Ray Liotta. Oh yeah, court. the down payment. I, just, right. I took that scene just to mean that if I'm paying this much money, I took him paying Alden Alda as well. But he's thinking, like, if I'm paying this much money, I might as well have the best guy. Yeah. Because it's like he, he gets a little bit of a discount on Alan Alda, but not enough to be – I mean, he's going to get yeah. destroyed if that's his only attorney. And I think it's done really well, like, on an artistic level. The only time I feel like it steps out of the point of feeling real is when Adam Driver sings at the end. Ooh. I, so I yeah. like him singing there, right? It just – it like, just before that, Scarlett Johansson and her sister and her mom 
they all sing together and it's at like a party and it feels like it's like this performance. But he like steps into his with no like nothing but the piano playing in the background. Yeah. And it's very theater, like it's very musical, very like Yeah. high acting, we're gonna call it. But You're right. In terms of like believability for what was happening right then, he just was kind of sharing all the woes of the divorce and then he jumps into song. Yeah. Well, that, that's a movie scene. Yeah. Right? It's like I mentioned earlier, it seems like almost like these people are living their lives. Someone was just watching from a distance, catching real people. Um, that scene I wrote down as well, but I was going to try to only say one. It's funny because her singing is so positive and she's like this fond mom. And then it comes to his life and God, he can act. Like that scene, mm. that song, I, I, I looked it up. It's, I can't remember what it's from. It's a play. It's from a play called Company. Yes. And the, it's about a guy who wants to find a wife. Right. And now they change it from a guy who's losing a wife, but the lyrics are really the same. And at the very end of the singing, and I know it's the second time, he can't believe what has like just happened because he's like, oh my God, this is me. And he takes this deep breath into the microphone like, <sighs> like it's over. And then yeah. it cuts the scene ends. And I think, yes, it seems a little bit unreal, but also you have to remember that like the setting is... Adam Driver Charlie is a musical theater person. Yeah. He's hanging out with his musical theater friends and a musical theater song comes on the piano. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like a very like but happening theater to, person thing yeah. to do to get up and start singing. Which I think it makes it more believable with the fact that it was that song. Right. Obviously. Yeah, of course. I mean yeah. it is it is still a movie, obviously. Yeah. Like I had to look up afterwards what it was from. What like I heard the lyrics, I was like, oh, this is him referencing company. Well, we're not as much musical theater nerds as these speak characters. For yourself, speak for yourself, speak for yourself. That's pretty good. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, that was oof, good scene, powerful scene. I'm gonna watch this with my mom next week. Josh, ball her eyes. Okay, out. so I do have to say this. I watched this with my wife. She cried a lot, um, and at the end, she said, "Why did Mario pick this movie? Is there something pathologically wrong with him?" And I was Ouch. like, "But it is good." But now that you're like, I'm gonna watch it again and again and again. I do I feel like you messed up a little bit. I like bit. it. It's good acting. <laughs> um, all right. So speaking of. The ending that we kind of touched on. A beginning mm -hmm. to an end is what this category is going to be called. Um, so the movie, I want to talk about the beginning and then the end. The beginning yeah. of the movie is, if you go into the movie thinking, you see the title, Marriage Story, you can think, oh, it's about a couple. Right. It's about a marriage. It's, well, it is. It's very, yeah. Well, if it was called the dissolution of a marriage story, that'd be more fitting. True. But it starts off with um, Charlie reading a note. Well, you don't know he's reading a note. He's describing to you everything he loves about Nicole, his wife. And it's really intricate details. And you're like, man, this is a real marriage. These people know all minute things about each other. The little idiosyncrasies, as Robin Williams would say. Yeah. Shouts to Goodwill Hunting. And it's a montage of everything good about her. Then she does the same thing, everything good about him. And it's seven and a half minutes long. So that's the beginning of the movie. And then it starts. They're in a mediation. And the point is to try to read these letters I think they're just in counseling. They're not yeah. mediation. At that well, he's a, he's a mediator is what he says. Oh, okay. I'm yeah. sorry. I thought he was a counselor. Um, which he might have been a counselor, but they're trying to mediate an amicable divorce because they didn't want to use lawyers. So you right. get a mediator involved. And um, that's what the Wedding Crashers was. Yeah, no, I, I assume they were still in like yeah. couples counseling oh, okay, at that okay. point. Was, um, but that makes more sense. Yeah, and uh, it's it goes to the scene where she doesn't want to read hers. He comes back goes she always says i was a shitty writer but i think mine's pretty good and then she goes well i'm gonna leave if you two are just gonna suck each other's dicks yeah and then she leaves and you're like what is happening right so that's the beginning it takes you on this it just a turn of events like that do you guys like how it started i i do like how it starts 
and we're also going to talk about how it ends. I like I like both the beginning and the ending of the movie just because it does kind of tie into the theme of the movie. Um, but especially the beginning, like you hear them describing each other. It's very sweet. What they have to say about each other is very nice. Um, but then as soon for me, as soon as you see it written, I realized what was going on. I was like, when you have those things written down, that's like a couple. That's why I thought it was couples counseling. That's like a couples counseling technique. And then like you obviously feel a lot of awkwardness and tension of them in the, the mediation. Um, so I do think it's a very good start to the movie. Um, it's different for that oh, kind yeah. of movie. Yeah. It, I mean, so to me, it's not so different because it feels very much like 500 Days of Summer. But you don't get the later portion where uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt like finds all those things he said about Summer that he really liked and he actually hates. Oh, true. So the beginning, he's like, I love her knees and right. the way her lip crinkles before she smiles. Yeah. And then later he says he hates those things. Yeah. yeah. So like, I almost expected that to happen in some way. Like at the end, like you have him replay through the letter. I thought the... Oh man, that was the closest I came to crying. When was he finds the letter at the end. Oh my god, dude, I cried like a baby. When his son is now reading the, that story arc and just his son getting good enough to read to then read that letter is, well, hats off to you, director. Oh for, my god, yeah. For giving me that to me. It, it is what I, it may. I mean, it makes it a little bit. Thank you, know, Noah. I like <laughs> that it does that at the end where he finds the letter and you've seen them go through all this stuff and then the end of her letter is her saying like, I know it sounds crazy, but I will always love him. And that's when like Adam Driver Charlie starts to cry, and she's yeah. listening in the background, and she starts to cry. Well, it is it, it's brilliant because tough. It, the first time he starts to like get the lip quiver, is he goes, "I knew right when I saw him that I would love him forever." Yeah, so two seconds, oh two seconds, and he's like, "Can't even can't, finish it." Can't finish it, um, and I thought it ended perfectly because I'm like, if he turns around and notices that she's there, it's gonna be a little campy. Yeah, no, he didn't. And yeah, he, it's here. And she gives him that privacy. So it, it, I did like the start. I thought the only moment that it not like it felt insincere, but when Adam is or when Charlie is talking about that she does like doesn't close the cabinets and like doesn't pick up after herself, that feels a little bit like he's saying that to not sarcastically because like in the scene you see him like bump his head on a cabinet. It's like you can't like that. But yeah, that was, I mean other than that, I loved how it was little idiosyncrasies. And yeah. I thought it was she fought in his sleep. I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was also really good that they did not spend time with their marriage looking great. Like in the terms of the arc of the movie, yeah. You just basically start with it in the divorce hearings yep. and everything after that, and all of that. Like they don't. It, it sounds weird to say this. They don't waste time with seeing happy moments together. Yeah, you're right. Well, they the spend, movie's already pretty long anyway, and so they give you the seven and a half minutes. Two of hours, twelve minutes. When the when the what when the marriage was good, this is what it's like. But it's not like that anymore. And they do that. So the beginning does that when the marriage is good, and then the only other time you get it is when Adam Driver looks at photos in the mother-in-law's house of all their happy times and yeah. the like successful acting careers they've had or you know theater careers. Um, so yeah, I, I think uh, the beginning was a strong choice. I'm excited to hear or see other people watch it and they think it's going to be a happy movie only to you know get the opposite effect. Um, Man, so what a, what a roller coaster that would be. <laughs> it, it, it ends, like we said, with Charlie's, uh, their son Henry getting the letter, reading her letter finally, and he Adam Driver gets emotional. Uh, which one of the best on-screen criers? Yeah, he's he's a really great actor. You know he's really good because usually when you get a role like he does with Kylo Ren, you only see them as that character within oh, two yeah. seconds of this movie starting. Like he no, wasn't Kylo Ren not at all. anymore. Yeah. Not at all. Um, mm -hmm. So he reads the letter, he gets emotional, and then it ends. It's Halloween. 
Charlie. The next year. So yes, it's been a full year, year or whatever since they're divorced. They're divorced. Uh, Scarlett Johansson has a boyfriend, which is kind of weird. Charlie's yeah. still like in, he has, like, he can't believe it's happening. Um, he's taken a residency at UCLA, so he's going to live there. And her reaction is like, that's that's got to be good because you're here for Henry. But at the same time, you can kind of sense like, oh, why I, didn't I, you do that? Oh, see, I, I almost got it as like, I don't, I am moving on from you in my life. Oh. I don't want you that close to me. Like, uh, I kind of felt like she was like, if you were going to do that now, you should have done it two years ago. When I asked you to move, well, because he was offered a fellowship previously yeah. is the thing that is brought um, up. So they go trick or treating, and it ends with like Cole mentioned, it's her night. But she goes, you know what? Why don't you take him? We were going to dinner. He's tired. Why don't you take him? So he takes him, and then his shoe's untied, and she runs over and does this sweet thing where she ties his shoe. And the last line of the movie is, he smiles and says, thank you, and he walks off with his son. Mm-hmm. So not a happy ending, but also... Definitely not happy. Kind of, for, for what had happened in the movie, like, they're divorced, it's over. Right. At least you're like, okay, maybe they're they amicable. are amicable for yeah. the interest of the child. Right. Um, so maybe, no matter what the lawyers did... They are going to abide by how their son wants to live his life. Yeah, and I think bookending the movie with those two, like, relatively happy things, that what their marriage was like when it was good, and now them having somewhat of a friendship after their marriage is over, um, kind of speaks, I think, to the theme of the movie and trying to be realistic. Uh, the first time Charlie meets with Ray Liotta's lawyer character, he says some things like, you're going to hate me for what I have to do, uh, but diver- divorce lawyers, we see good people at their worst. And that's yeah. like what's going on in the whole movie is like you get at the beginning and the end, these two are good people who do care for each other at the worst possible version of themselves. And it's almost kind of like a, wow, that kind of got out of hand yeah. way to end the movie. Um, Cole, what do you think about the ending? I love the ending as well. I want them to ruin this movie by making a sequel where they get back together <laughs> and everybody has ice cream and they walk around in slow motion. Oh, and it'd be gosh. called Marriage Story Part 2, not just 2. You need that part, part 2 to yeah. make it serious. Exactly. Yeah. That's how you know it's a real movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's a perfect ending to this type of movie. And again, like, even from just the shot, like it has this this long pullout of him now on, what you, know, you can just equate it to uh, any given residential street in California with palm trees, high palm trees, yeah. and beautiful Mountain sunset, state. all that kind of stuff. Like, it looks awesome. Um, and so, to me, there's even a little hope there where it's showcasing that he's going to be okay with being out here. You know, it, it doesn't make it, like, you don't see him, like, get annoyed at something in the last moment of being yeah. in this place. You get yeah. to see this really beautiful scene. And so there's hope that his residency is a decision that he's excited about, but also that he gets to be near his son. I yeah. thought it would have ended, this is what should have been the best line though. After she ties his shoe, he should have said, I know what I have to do, but I don't know if I have the strength to do that. <laughs> and then yeah. pulls out a lightsaber and sticks it in her. Yeah. yeah. And then and then heals her. I, I think that yeah. would have been great. Yeah. No, I think it was a great ending. Um, <laughs> it, I was thinking, how how else could it have ended? What if they, what if she reads the letter and then she's like, I made a mistake and they get back together? No, that's not, that's not, I, I would not enjoy that ending. It just kills yeah, the whole movie. It kills everything that's come before, yeah. Yeah. And so this is after Civil War? Or is this, what stage is this for, for Black Widow? <laughs> this, no, this takes place before the events of the Avengers. Oh, shoot. Yeah, that she, she tries to lead a real life. Okay. Um, you know, she's got red in her ledger and she wants to... Yeah. <laughs> she wants to wipe it out. Yeah. Okay, cool, um, cool, cool. So, and then Henry actually grows up to be Thanos. <laughs> so, that makes sense. Spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I know, I know. 
All connected. So next, a next category: Actors Guild Awards, which are awards for actors. This movie is loaded with great acting. Um, Laura Dern and Ray Liotta play fantastic lawyers. I think Laura Dern just won the Golden Globe for Best Supporting Actress. Scarlett Johansson, not surprising. She's good in everything she does. Um, it's awesome to see her step away from a Marvel role and do something like this. And uh, Alan Alda as the attorney is great. The We're kid, proud of you, Scar. Right? Henry is great, the kid. The mother-in-law is great, sister's great, everyone. And then Adam Driver, who also won like a Gotham whatever award in New York for acting, was great. So, whose performance stole the show, or who do you think was the best in this movie? And is there a particular scene where you were watching and you were like, oh, this is the person? Yeah, I, I do think Laura Dern, Laura Dern is a scene stealer. She's such a strong actress, just generally speaking. It was weird to watch her in this movie because for me, she will always and forever be Dr. Sattler mm -hmm. from Jurassic Park, where she's such this lovable, nice character. And she is... Yeah, vile. In you this hate movie. her. Yeah, but then you realize that's what makes her so good. Man. Why she's such a good actress and such a good oh, I hate her lawyer, so much. But yeah, uh, but still, I think just if we're giving out awards here, I think Adam Driver in this movie is incredible. Uh, I, I think like he does all kinds of weird movies, but then also of course he's got the Star Wars thing going on. But he does smaller films like this, so I'm, I just love his range, his ability to do seemingly everything, and he's he's so talented. And like you said, like. You don't ever feel like he's acting. Like you feel like he's just a person. Yeah. And like crazy. you said, like when it's someone that's been in this big movie, like he's been in Star Wars, you expect to always think, "Oh, that's Kylo Ren." Yeah. But you you forget he's Kylo Ren five minutes into the movie because he's he's Charlie now. Um, he's he's incredible. He's so good. Um, so I think he's the best acting performance of a lot of great acting performances yeah. in this movie. I will say, uh, this movie in popular opinion. I've never really liked Laura Dern. I never really? think the wow. only movies I've seen her in, they don't give her a lot to do, and so I never got the appeal. And she's good in Jurassic Park. Yeah, but she's not the main character. I don't know. No, Again, but she's not the, the main character in this movie. But I hated her performance in Last Jedi, and that was not her doing. It was the you, character you hated she the, played. the role. You yeah. hate her performance. But then seeing her oh, in this man, movie, she's so good in that. Oh, I think it's I think it's the dumbest role ever. I think it was a interesting. Shoehorned from the comics. Anyways. I love, like, in this, it's just, you hate her so much, and that's what makes her so good. And the little subtleties that she does, again, this is another character that you think is not acting. She's just a person that they stole to tape. Right. Like, um, we touch base on, she's trying to convince Nicole that her husband is not this good guy, that he's actually cheated on her. And she tries to get with, like, really ramp up the infidelity. She does these little things where she'll wear very you know, attractive clothing and she'll move her hips in like a scandalous way and, and draw his attention so that later on she can say, I catch you looking at me. I, you know, and, and Charlie sees it in the movie. He puts his head down because he's like, oh, I know what she's doing. And it's just brilliant little choices like that that make her deserve, deserving of the Best Supporting Actress Award that she won the Golden Globes. But, agreeing with Bryce, Adam Driver just, oh my gosh. It's like one of the best acting performances I've ever seen. It just, it's off the charts great. So he can do anything he wants after this movie. If he doesn't win the Oscar. Well, he can already do anything he wants after Star no. Wars. <laughs> well, from an acting standpoint, I mean, he can get like Scorsese or. He's been in Scorsese movies. Has he? Silence. Oh, he was in Silence? Yeah. Okay, okay. Was that Scorsese? I believe oh, yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, I'll double check. I thought that was Andrew Garfield and Liam Neeson. Well, yes, those are actors. Scorsese is the director. No, no, I thought those. I thought that's who it started. I didn't know Adam Driver was in there as well. Anyways, 
his range. He shows off his range now because I don't think Daisy Ridley and um, what's the guy who plays Finn? Uh, John Boyega. I don't think I don't think they're gonna get any role they want to because they you can think they're typecast. Now he's shown that gosh, he's got the range to do anything he wants. Even Singh. Yeah. Even, Even Singh. Sing. I mean. Very class. He was a Juilliard grad, so very yeah. classically trained actor. Yeah, for sure. Just to fact check, Silence was directed by, by Martin Scorsese, yes. and Adam Driver is in is it. Is in it, okay. God, he's closest to the pin, and he's right about that. <laughs> he's doing the best of this. I am yeah. doing the best of this. Sometimes I wish. Um, no, I agree. <laughs> I think Laura Dern's character is incredible, and there are... Everything that happens in this movie, I never feel like anything's done by accident or... Like not thought of on purpose. Yeah, yeah. And so even like the small detail of when she goes to meet with her for the first time, and she climbs up on the couch behind her and then clicks off her heels. Yeah. And like gets all like comfy behind her and kind of comforts her in that way. Like there's not that that's like menacing or weird. It's like just the fact that they like took the camera shot over to the side for a second to look down at the shoes being kicked off. You get this sense of like, oh, she is about to sink her teeth it, in. It and, is like, weird though. Because if you meet with a lawyer for the first time, that's very odd. I, I would agree. Yeah. And even like, like Scarlett Johansson's back and forth with like, oh, this uh, these cookies are great. I'll send you home with a box. Yeah. yeah and like, the, oh, this tea is wonderful. And, well, and throughout that whole scene, they're also showing off, because I believe her shoes, I'm not an expert, and I only saw the movie once. I believe her shoes are what they call red bottoms, which are like incredibly expensive oh, shoes. To show her success. To show how like good she is, but then she just kind of kicks them off casually. And yeah, exactly what you're saying, but it's... It's so intentional. Another thing with that is this was kind of funny because as this movie was released, there this thing went around the internet and Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, whatever, that like the argument that we discussed as the best scene was fully scripted. There's nothing ad-libbed in that scene. And people were like shocked by that. It's like, yeah, that's what movies are. Like yeah. that's how good the script is for yeah. this movie is that those lines were super intentional and they were meant to be said exactly that way because like Mario and Cole mentioned earlier, like they evoke language that has been used throughout the movie already. Yeah. Another character I liked a lot was um, Nicole's mom, played by Julie Haggerty. She's like a random. I don't mean to say this sound mean. She's like a random actress for me who I yeah. I'll, I'll see I'll see her in these roles. Just she's friends. A, she's a she's a that guy. Well, not, she's, she's that guy. a that guy. But she's a yeah. <laughs> she's in. Um, Freddie got fingered and <laughs> airplane, which is obviously um, her, her, her yeah. best movie. Oh, <laughs> but she really does a good job of being this mother that you like. I think as a viewer, yeah. But then you can also understand when they have that climactic fight and Adam, sorry, when Charlie compares Nicole to her mom and she's outraged by it, you can understand why when you see some of the interactions of her mom, like literally her sister got a divorce and she still sees. Her yeah. sister's ex-husband, and she's like, "What do you mean?" He's like, and so she's like, and "Me and Charlie have a relationship outside you." Oh, so, yeah, like, Horrible. she does a really good job of being like a mother who is maybe too close and too hands-on. And back to what I said earlier about how, like, with uh, Nicole, like, you don't see things that make you sympathize for her a lot. One line that she says that I really did feel for her is when her mom is saying all that stuff. She says, "I need you to be on my side. I shouldn't have to explain yeah. why." Is what I, because like I empathize with that. Like everybody here, including my own family, likes Charlie more than they like me. Yeah, it's and horrible. she's really struggling I that with too. that. The other, it's kind of a funny character to me, but Wallace Shawn is in it. Who's yes from Princess Bride. Um, he's the yeah uh, 
An Oscar winner! Yeah. His stories that he tells are super weird Sucking gross. my... Super gross sexual, stories yeah. that you only get half of. And it's funny because your first moments with him, you get the sense that, not that he's like a washed up actor, but that he's he's already maybe seen his biggest points of yeah. fame. He's seen the, the theater game kind of transition over the years. I won my older. first Tony at 27. Right. So at first you're like, oh, it's kind of like this sweet old man. He's like, you know, almost kind of the... Potter familia to this crew. Yeah. But then you get to see him say the most weird <laughs> and sometimes heinous things. Yes. He says to Charlie, you should go and just do everyone. Guys, girls, you yeah. should have a lot of sex. Yeah. And Charlie's like, ah. But Charlie kind of internalizes that later on. I was in my 20s! I was so successful, I could have had sex! Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that whole, that's, that's yeah. during the great argument scene. Yeah. That's so good. So who do you give it to? Who do you give the cake to, though? Um, I mean, it's probably it's hard for me to not give it to Adam Driver, um, and it's you know it's 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 probably his for a reason in my mind, just because I I have only seen him as Kylo Ren before this, like I, I haven't seen anything else he's been in, um, and so it was such a surprise for me to watch him do something that yeah. seemed like unreachable. Yeah. Based on not that I think he's bad at Kylo Ren, it's just it's hard for me to experience to think ahead of time that oh man he's going to be so different than that. And he was. You know, I was, I'm watching, I'm like, could you imagine if Disney would have let the directors, like, really let the actors act? Because I, I think that Adam Driver is the most talented actor in Star Wars and what he does with Kylo Ren. I'm like, could you imagine if he would have brought this much angst to Kylo Ren? He does. That's why. No, they, but, like, even more so, like, just screaming and, like. That's why they take the mask off of him in The Last Jedi and why I think it was a mistake to put it back on yeah, fans in Rise of Skywalker. Mm. But um, I, I want to touch on Alan Alda. Okay. Yeah, um, I like he, I liked him too. He's so believable in that role. Yeah. Um, he's like this goody boy attorney. He, and you see why Charlie likes him instantly because yeah. he's the only person who's acting reasonable. And as a viewer, I like that too. But then as a lawyer, I start to think this guy is not good. And I, and I was talking with my friend um, a few days ago, and I said it's got to be fur infuriating to clients. And I I experience this too that they can't understand it's just work, just business. You can be at each other's throats at, in one second, and then the next second, the lawyers are like, hey, you should come to my charity event. Like when they order lunch, yeah. which is when they order lunch, yeah. and, and it's oh, so great because Adam Driver is like so taken yeah. off guard. He's like, what is happening They're right now? They're perplexed, and I'm sure that they get very upset with that, but it, it goes to a new level when they're in the boardroom, the sidebar room, um, you know, speaking privately, and Alan Alda makes a comment, and I didn't catch it as much the first time. He goes... You know, if I was representing you, I would do any. Because you are representing you are, me. Like, oh yeah, and then he goes on that tangent with the joke. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, okay. and then he says, "Am I paying for this joke?" Yeah, it's Gosh. like you gotta get someone good. Well, because so. Ray Liotta's character says this the first time they meet. He goes, "If we go for reasonable and they go for crazy, then we compromise at half crazy, which is still so crazy. crazy." And I also, man, this might be a hot take. I think this is Ray Liotta's best performance since Goodfellas. Holy cow! What has he been in since Goodfellas? Exactly. Oh, okay. <laughs> what about the mask? Is he in the mask? Is he the not? bad guy in the mask? No, no, no. he's not. <laughs> but Adam Driver got take on the cake. Nothing yeah. against ScarJo. It's it's She's weird great. to see ScarJo now. It's one of those things that like. Well, obviously we identify her as Black Widow because we're a bunch of nerds. But she's also made some some off-camera comments that are kind of strange lately. Most notably, she defended Woody Allen, which is a bad look uh, in this day and age. Uh, and then she also made some comments about why. Why is it bad to defend Woody Allen? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not aware of what's going on with Woody Allen. Oh, uh, he is accused of having sexual relations with 
underage women. Oh, I did hear this. Including God, his, Woody. his adopted daughter. He makes great movies. Yeah. Oh, God. So yeah. What else did she say? And then she, she made some comments about uh, she was portrayed as an Asian person, and oh, then she was supposed to portray a trans person as well, and people got upset, and she said, I should be able to portray any of those, which technically true, but also you can understand with yeah. Asian actors and, and, and trans actors having trouble getting work, why people were a little bit upset. So she's she's made some off-camera comments. She's still a great actress. Ghost in the Shell. But, yeah. It looks really good. It was not good. Don't see it. Okay. <laughs> um, yes, so the next category. And the Oscar goes to, like I said, this film is likely to be nominated for Best Picture. Um, I... Going back to the Junkie Awards, this is probably the best movie of 2019, in my opinion. Okay. Uh, came out t t December 6, 2019. Better than Endgame. Uh, I think I would have given Endgame my favorite movie of the year, and then okay. this would have been that second category. But, okay. um Overlooked one. So, you guys, out of all the Oscar winners, now, if you did some research, you saw that the, like... Iconic movies have won Oscars for Best Picture, and as of late, it's kind of in these weird art house movies that people forget about, like The Big Fish, or what was that one last year that won? Last year was Green Book. Oh, the year, that was a yeah. good movie. The year before that. Shape of Water. Shape of Water. Get out of here. The Artist, stuff like that. That's just my opinion. Um, from a, an, a winning Oscar movie, which one did you I, have you guys seen that you're like, yep, that's the best movie? So what's our favorite movie that's one best picture? Yes, sir. Okay. Do you want to host? Well, I was just trying to clarify <laughs> the question because I thought you were just going to ask for movies yeah. that we liked that no, won no, best no. picture. I was like, there's a lot of those. That's one, yeah. <laughs> and we're going to start with Cole just for that snarkiness. Oh, <laughs> feel the snark. Uh, I want to start by just apologizing to Peter Green. He's the actual bad guy from The Mask. Yeah. Uh, shouts, sorry, Pete. Shouts Pete. Uh, you know. Sorry, Peter. Is that, is that Ray? Yeah, he's apologizing. I love me. this movie. It's uh, about me and Deborah. <laughs> Deborah. Uh, my answer for this is, and I, and I vetted my own answer based off of this smaller detail, which is, I looked through best picture winners from you know the past years and years and years, and looked at the years where it was what I would call a no contest. Like, okay. the other nominees weren't even close. Jinx. Okay. So, for example, Titanic wins, but it's also the year of Good Will Hunting. Right. And in my mind, it's like, I love Titanic, I love Good Will Hunting, I don't know if I would You can understand why Titanic won, yes. but Good I Will Hunting's incredible. funny you said that, going through the list, I was like, what beat Good Will Hunting? Titanic. Titanic. Should not have. Well, um, Titanic's an excellent movie. But Retainer! <laughs> but I'm going to go with what I regard as like my top three movie, one of my top three movies of all time, and it's Gladiator. Okay. So Good it won choice. in 2000, uh, and it beat out Chocola. Chocola. It's not just Chocola, it's a mixture of summer salad. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Aaron Brockovich, and Traffic. Oh, um, so those are all movies. Those are, obviously, they were nominated. <laughs> That's true. Yep. Um, but in, in my mind, that was like a disparity where I was like, yeah, Gladiator won by far because I don't enjoy any of those movies as yeah. much. I yeah. rewatched Gladiator a few years ago and it was like, whoa. It's still incredible. It's yeah. so good. I, I'm glad you picked Gladiator. I was worried you were going to pick Dances with Wolves. Dancing Cole, with the Stars. Cole's such a Kevin Costner stand, I was going to have to make fun of him. But, but I didn't, glad. yeah, I mean, that was a hard one because it, <laughs> it also beats out Godfather Part 3. And Goodfellas. Gar Godfather Part 3 was nominated? Yeah. Godfather my favorite Part 3 was it's nominated for Best Picture. <laughs> no way! Yeah. I haven't even finished it. It's so bad. <laughs> that's what beat out Goodfellas? No. Uh, Dances with Wolves beat out Goodfellas. Oh, that's a mistake. Yeah, it was a mistake. Funny how. <laughs> so what's your favorite movie that's won Best Picture, Mario? Um, well, I'm the host. Oh, so sorry. I'm going to ask myself. Okay. Uh, no, I'm just, I'm just um, there are so many good ones, but I'd have to say The Godfather Part 1. 
just because it's still like you watch it and you're like, oh my god, this is more than a movie. It's just a friggin' cultural masterpiece. And then Godfather Part Two, you can lump them both in. To have a movie and then its sequel win Best Picture is absolutely insane, and Crazy. it will never happen again. And Marriage Story Part Two won't, <laughs> won't do that. But it will make me happy. It, no, you want to know what the plot is? Henry grows up. It's a dystopian future, and he's the sel- He's a savior of humanity. There's these robots that come and want to kill his mom, and they got to protect it's him. Terminator. Yeah. Oh, is that what I just yeah, described? Yeah, it was Terminator. Oh, okay. You described Terminator. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> um, so this was hard for me because I thought, again, that you wanted us to list all of the movies that have won Best Picture that we liked. So I have quite a long list, but I'll just pick one. Uh, I think my favorite movie that's won Best Picture, and it is hard. There's a bunch of movies I love that have won Best Picture, but uh, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, I think is my favorite. Okay. So. I almost had picked that as well, but the Godfather was there. I always love to give that as an example for what I don't particularly like about the modern trend yeah. of movies is that we discredit popular movies as being not as good. But Return of the King was able to be both popular and very good and, and won Best Picture. What yeah. year was that? And deserved this. I believe it was 2003. It won. It was 2003. It won over Lost in Translation, another Scarlett Ooh, Johansson. Great movie. Uh, Master and Commander, Far Side of the World. I like that movie. Mystic River and Seabiscuit. But I think... I it mean, should have won. Return of the King's clearly it's, the best of yeah. those options. And that was a five-year year. And I love Return of the King. Five that was before year. they went to a lot more. I do ride for Two Towers more than Return of the King, but I like them both. I think Two I Towers was nominated as well, which it was is, my favorite is remarkable. Of, the, of their series. Um, all three of them were nominated for Best Picture. All three of the Lord of the Rings movies. Can't be Helm's Deep. <laughs> it's a great scene. All right. Do so we want to just transition this to the Lord of the Rings? Lord, uh, I think Lord I'm Rings actually start having a Lord of the Rings uh, marathon tomorrow. So okay. good, good timing. With Perfect some, timing. Yeah. Other people, you guys aren't invited. That's fine. You should start with The Hobbit. They're great. Uh, I like the third one the best. Perfect. They add in all that stuff that isn't in the books. Yeah. yeah. It's really yeah. good. Who Smaug. needs source materials? Smaug. Oh, Smaug. I, do, I do like Benedict Cumberbatch. It's pronounced Smaug. Okay, so. Does. No. Pause. Let's edit That's all of that Smaug talk out also no, if good. we can. So. Our next section, some would say it's the favorite section, not mine, and I didn't say it. Tiddly Bits, presented by the Law Offices of Cutthroat Lawyers. Um, <laughs> they will get the job done and make your opponent feel like shit. Yeah. <laughs> so this is our section for fun internet research. Hire us. We're assholes. That's yes, what they say. that's what they say. Um, we will save your asshole. So a little play on words. Um, fun internet research for a movie that isn't fun. Um... I had one about M. Driver, particularly. Go for it. Um, so he was a Marine. Yes. And then he, after he did his tour of service, he went to Juilliard and he became a classically trained actor. He has never seen his own work. He refuses to watch his own work. He says he thinks he will watch it and know that he could have done better every time. Which is crazy to me because if I was an actor, I couldn't wait to show someone and then watch it with them. <laughs> kind of like this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's a great attitude though, you know, stay humble, stay hungry. Yes. Um, but famously, like sometimes interviewers, either they won't know or they'll just be jerks and do it anyway. They'll try and show him a clip from a movie and ask him about it. And he gets really upset. He's, he's like stormed off of interviews when people have tried to do that. Hmm. Mm. Um, my tidbit, actually two. Uh, fun, fun fact, even though this was released by Netflix, it did see a limited theatrical release. It was only released in like 
40 theaters or something like that, very small release. So it looks as if, if you just look at the numbers, that this movie lost a ton of money because it cost $18 million to make. It only made $2.3 million in theaters. Oh, of that's course, terrible. That's not a good measure of it because what a bad movie. Netflix has probably made <laughs> quite a bit of money off of this movie. Um, additionally, uh, as we mentioned, we're kind of in the awards season. We don't know the Oscar noms yet. By the time you're listening to this, you probably will know the Oscar noms. This will be nominated. But if it doesn't, I'm going to strongly letter. It strongly did receive the most nominations for Golden Globes. It received six Golden Globe nominations, which led uh, all the other movies. Did not win Best Picture. No, it did not. That went to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I believe? No. Or that was Best Musical and uh, Comedy. Yeah, best uh, best picture best. in the Golden Globes went to a It did not win best picture at the Golden Globes. It uh, went to 1917. Well, Golden Globes has two categories: drama, yes, best drama, which 1917 won, and then musical yeah. slash comedy, which I'm seeing in a couple hours. And All right, I will let you and guys know. And that will become your new favorite movie that she would Oscar. Well, I will let you know if it if I've Mary heard got tremendously stuck. great things about it. Me too. Me too. Uh, my tidbits uh, are as such. Number one, uh, Cassie, who is Nicole's sister, yes. also is in New Girl. She is the yep. uh, girlfriend Flash from Schmidt's Schmidt. girlfriend. Yeah. Uh, well, he dates her again when, she's, when he's not. Oh, true, 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 yeah. true, true, true. Uh, Elizabeth in that show. Um, and the other one is, it's not so much maybe a, we'll call it a tidbit. It's in the tidbit section. Just another kind of tip of the cap to the directing this in this movie. Um, is... The fade to blacks between scenes is done so well, I think, in the context of both of them being so involved in theater, like as the character themselves, not them as actors. Oh. Obviously, as actors, they are in theater. But I think it's done so purposefully where you have these really long times. And it might even be that there's a couple, quote, scenes happening where they're in an apartment and then they're in the car and then they're going to visit lawyers. But if you watch the movie, notice when they finally decide to fade to black between moments. Yeah, it's like a scene change. Exactly. In a, in a it's exactly play. like a scene change in a play. Um, and I think it plays off very well in this movie when they do that. So my tidbit is just, that's a cool trope from theater that they bring into the movie. Yeah. Thanks, Cole. That is cool. Thanks. But that is great. I'm going to look for that the third time I watch it. I found it. I found it. It was the moments in the movie where I was able to finally kind of exhale if yeah. I was like really tensed up or Maybe really, they do that on purpose. it is on purpose. They they want you to let that scene end, and then here's this next scene. Yeah, um, crazy that this was based on his own divorce and his parents' divorce. Pretty sad. Well, he said he mentioned that he had a lot of the director. That is, yes, yeah, Noah Baumbach mentioned that he had a lot of friends going through divorce as he was researching it, and so he he said he interviewed a lot of his friends kind of to get their emotions. And he also interviewed a lot of lawyers and judges and mediators to kind of get the feel. And that's why that's so accurate. But yeah. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of tension probably in those interviews. Just a lot of negativity. Yeah. Hard, hard thing to talk about. How about the scene where uh, the case study, caseworker comes to visit him and Henry? Oh my gosh. She's so bizarre. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's the weirdest person. It, 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 I feel like people like that are like that. People who right. have that job. She's just trying to be quiet and observe. Yep. And he cuts his arm. I'm like, is I he hear people won't even take their kids to restaurants because of that super bug. And he goes, yeah. Okay. Yeah. When he cuts his arm, that's that again. It, it seems, I thought he was gonna die. I was like, I, I yeah, didn't know what was gonna happen. Out? He's bleeding a lot. But there's like a there's a part of that that feels even more real. Even though it's like an extreme situation, he just slides open his arm accidentally. 
it feels so much like a dad who's trying to prove that everything's still okay. Yeah. We got it all together. We're super normal. I'm going to get the door handle bloody oh. as I let you Puts out. Puts a purse on her it's shoulder. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. It's fine. He's so, in the carpet. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. How did he wake up? He passes out right there. Yeah. He, I mean, he fell asleep on his arm on purpose. Oh, scabs. To let it stop the bleeding. Did she like us, Dad? Yeah. She thought we were great. Fade so. black. Yeah. Last yeah. question, guys. <laughs> Probably unanimous across the board here. Does this belong in the junk drawer? I think yeah. this is the least junk drawer movie we've ever reviewed. Yeah. I think it also is the best movie critically we have reviewed. I will say that. I, um, think, I think it's the best. I, yeah, but I mean, you gave it 100. <laughs> yeah, I know. So that's what I'm saying. Do you think it beats Children Men? Well, I mean, it's hard to say. This movie is definitely more of an awards bait type movie than Children of Men was. It was also nominated. It was not nominated for Best Picture. Oh, Best Screenplay? That. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sorry for my memory loss there. Damn it, Mario. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's one of those two. It's tough for me to say. I, I enjoyed Children of Men more, even though it's also pretty dark and depressing. Yeah, yeah I'd probably be in the same category. Like, there's still not there's still it. a story happening in Children of Men that you're, like, rooting for. Mm -hmm. And this one, I'm not, like, rooting for their divorce. I'm, I'm hoping they're going to find a way to fix it. Oh, really? And you know they're See, not. Also, I think yeah, the, the movie, hard, yeah. I think, pulled you away from the marriage and it became about the custody battle. You know the marriage is done. Now it's like, you, who do you want to get the kid? But Which, I think the tiny moments, like when she orders the salad for him and when she uh, steps into him when he's crying in the apartment, not that I thought, oh, man, not, everything's going to be great again. It showed their connection still where I was like, okay, maybe, not again, I'm not, I knew that they were not going to get back together. Yeah. But those were the moments where I was like, Oh, it could happen. Like, maybe they get into a fight and then they sleep together, like in other movies where divorced couples, like, all oh, the tent, the steam between us is too, you know. So, no junk drawer, though. Definitely not. No Definitely way. not. Get out of the junk. Get out of the junk. Well, thank you guys for listening and going on that very emotional journey with us. Uh, watch this movie, it's good. Yeah. You should be in a happy Strong recommend mind. that you should watch it at least one time. Yes, maybe twice or three. Yeah. Um, if you have any suggestions for a movie that you would like us to review in 2020, you can email us at askthejunkdrawer at gmail.com. It's 2020 now, so email is even faster than it was. It gets faster every year. Every it year. does get faster. Or you can tweet at us. Bryce, where can they tweet us? We are at junk underscore pot uh, on Twitter. You can feel free to interact with us there and suggest movies that way if you wish. Interact with you. I don't have anything to do with the tweeters. Interact with me. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Junk Drawer Podcast. If there's a movie that you want to hear us talk about, and please reach out to us at askthejunkdrawer at gmail.com. See you next time.